You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. The Lord has, has blessed us. He has so richly blessed us with his revelation, with his word, with his heart cry for uh, his healing in our land. This is just wonderful, wonderful time to be alive in the kingdom. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Mm-hmm. If you don't, look up on the screen, you'll see the slides. Turn in your devices to Acts chapter 8. I heard Bill Johnson the other day say that he was wanting to create an app that when people have their phones and their tablets and they turn to to the thing, that there's the sound of the wrestling of, of Bible pages. Which I had a seminary professor, and he said every time he, he would have us, you know, we're all there with our Bibles and we're turning, and so he's going from one reference to the other, and you could hear, you know, it was, it was a very lively room, uh, the chapel at Asbury Theological Seminary, and as you would turn the pages, he says, ah, the wings of angels, wrestling. And that's, that's how he saw that, and I, I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Oh, I should turn it on, shouldn't I? Thank you. There you go. Gosh, my voice was projecting so far. I didn't even realize it. Acts chapter 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open up his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Oh, Father, we ask that you release your Holy Spirit, that we would have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to perceive and understand all that you're saying to the church. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as you're reading scripture... You're going through the Gospels, you're reading in the New Testament, you get to Acts. It's interesting that, uh, that the angels, we see them show up at the birth of Jesus and they announce we've got Gabriel coming to uh, Mary and, and dreams coming to Joseph in which uh, there's supernatural revelation of what's to take place. 
And then as we, as we fast forward and, and, and the Holy Spirit comes uh, at the day of Pentecost, uh, everybody seems to get their instructions from the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would lead them and they would go this way and they'd go this way. I thought it was really interesting that Luke, a doctor who, who gives attention to detail, when he's recording this, he says, and an angel told Philip, I don't know about you, but I think, and the Holy Spirit told Philip to go to the road south to the desert between Jerusalem and Gaza. You'd think you would get your instructions from the Holy Spirit. Here, it's an angel of the Lord that is speaking to Philip after the revival in the Samaritan city and is telling him where to go. When's the last time an angel told you where to go? (laughs) Or someone told you where to go? (laughs) I just, I was just taken by that, that, that first, that first opening verse of, of our text today. It was just like, wow. And the angel of the Lord told Philip where to go. Didn't say why. Philip must have been, you know, we understand that Philip was one of the seven that was there to help take care of the Jerusalem distribution of food to the widows. He was a man that was full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And we saw that as they got dispersed out of the persecution of the death of Stephen, that Philip went to Samaria and he moved in signs and wonders. He moved in miracles and healings and deliverances. And there was all sorts of Uh, supernatural activity that's taking place. And now an angel comes to him, tells him what to do, and notice what the angel does. Or notice what the angel doesn't do. What do angels usually do when they encounter a human being? Fear not. not. Tells me, I'm reading into the text a little, that Philip's so used to the angelic presence that the angels don't have to say, hey, fear not. I'm an angel of the Lord, and I'm here, and I've got directions for you. But that he was so used to hearing the Holy Spirit. He was so used to encounters in the supernatural. He was so used to angelic activity that when the angel of the Lord came to him, he didn't have to announce, hey, don't be afraid, it's me. I don't know about you, but the first thing I'm thinking of, Lord, I want to be on that level of relationship with you and your kingdom, that when the angel of the Lord comes to me, I don't fall over dead with fear. I just say, yeah, what's up? Where are we going? What is it that you want us to do? Usually when an angel shows up, it's because the angel's going to assist in the activity that's going to follow. Here the angel just gives the directions, he goes, He's on the road and the level of obedience of Philip is just amazing, amazing. He doesn't have to have, you know, six explanations of why he should go to the desert road. I don't know, desert road sounds kind of hot to me. Um, Don't know what it's like, but there's banditos, 
There's bandits, you know, we, we understand on the roads, there was all sorts of peril when you're, when you're on a road and you're going from Jerusalem to Gaza. It's like, okay, here, here, here he goes. And he doesn't even question it. He just does what the angel of the Lord reveals to him to do. And so he goes. As he's going, just as he's going, something happens. Now it's the Spirit that speaks to him. Philip is a multi-input obeyer. It can be an angel of the Lord, or it can be the Holy Spirit. And now the Spirit says, go draw near the chariot. And so he, he, he runs off, he gets close to the chariot, and he overhears the Ethiopian eunuch reading the prophet Isaiah. Wow. For many of us, as, as we go about our daily, pro, you know, our, our daily routine, our daily way of living, as we get up and we go, whether we're going to the market's place, we're running to Meyer to pick up milk, whatever we're going to do, many times we're, this, we're, we're just going to think that we're just doing our routine and you're going to get a little draw near to that person and listen. Get close to a situation and listen for my instructions. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a way of life for us. I think this is, is moving upon us uh, more rapidly than we ever thought it was going to do. I think we thought we would start off with how do we pray for people in the church and how do we pray for people in our home group? How do we pray for people in the hallway? How do we pray for people in the parking lot? And then one day I'll graduate and I'll be able to go to Meyer and pray for someone. Yay. No, I think, I think we're, we're, on a, we're on an acceleration of moving from, okay, Lord, what you've done in me you want to do in others. And there's a whole world that's lost and that's hurting and that's afraid and doesn't have a clue of how wonderful you are. So Lord, as I go, I'm going to partner with you. And so when the Spirit says, draw near to the lady in the, in the red blouse with the two babies in her cart, draw near and just listen. Listen, what is it the Lord has for us? What is, how is he going to direct? What does he want in the intersecting of the kingdom of God and this person's life just going through her or his daily routine? Let's see what happens. I think it's, it's going to be pretty cool. The angels and acts are there at the ascension of Jesus. Everybody sees Jesus go up in the clouds. They're there for, we already saw the jailbreak where Peter and John gets out of jail. And they go right back into the temple declaring the resurrection. We see angels later in, in, coming up in a, in a few more chapters with Cornelius. And, and a, an angel announces to Cornelius, you know, go. There's a Simon, he, you know, Tanner's house, ask for Peter. Have him come, share the good news. We see Peter's rescue from jail when Herod thinks he's got Peter and now he's going to kill him. We see angelic activity with Herod as he's 
trying to take all the credit and the glory and the angel of the Lord struck him down. Maggot mania. Yipes. And then Paul's assignment as he's, as he's been in, in jail and as he's going around, now he's appealed to Caesar. An angel says that you will go to see Caesar. And on this leg of the journey to get to Rome, on this ship, it will wreck, but you and all the people will be alive. That was through an angel. So angels are constantly, constantly everywhere. And so the angel has got divine instruction for Philip. We could just think it's an, a coincidence. It's just, a, you know, just happenstance. He's, you know, he's a first-year Sockham student, so he's practicing. He's practicing getting a word for someone. And so as, he, as he's going along, he's, he's there, and, and he thinks, yeah, hey, I think I better go over and hang out with that chariot, see if I can encourage the guy, maybe say, you know, Jesus loves you. Yeah, like your chariot, good-looking horse, bless you. And just do a little drive-by blessing and go on. But no, this Ethiopian is an important official. He's in charge of the treasury for the queen. <laughs> and, and, and he's a believer. He's a, he's a devout seeker of Yahweh. He's been to Jerusalem to worship. And he's on his way home and he's reading the scripture, which tells me he's got money. Because you, you just, you, it's not like today where everybody's got a copy of the word. For him to have a copy of the scroll of Isaiah, he had to have some bucks. He had to have some real money for him to take that. And so here he is, he's got the word, he's carrying it. He doesn't understand what the word is actually saying. And so the angel of the Lord tells Philip the directions the road to go to, the Holy Spirit tells him to draw near and listen, and then he has the simple wisdom to ask a question. Do you understand what you're reading? Yes. He didn't accost him. Do you know that you're a rotten sinner and you're going to hell? No, he, he didn't accost him. He just took the guy where he was and asked him a simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? Man, if... I, I'm just so excited about life in the kingdom and walking in the spirit and, and realizing the angelic help and assistance that we have the Holy Spirit who resides within us. We're in Jesus and Jesus is in us. <laughs> and, and Jesus and the Father has come and made their home in us as we obey the word, as we obey the commands, as we follow them. And as we do this, it just gets better and better and better. And so here they are, they're going. It's so amazing. It's so exciting. It's so life-changing. This guy has an encounter. He's reading the passage of the suffering servant of Isaiah about how Jesus was crucified, how he was treated, how he was slaughtered like a lamb going. And, you know, this is, 
This is amazing because you, you, you see it in, in the Old Testament prophets. You see it when Jesus is teaching with parables. The, the primary language of God is not English. More than anything, he speaks in symbols and in dreams. He speaks in supernatural ways. But he always speaks in such a way that when you hear the symbol or you, you get the parable, if you don't press in to get closer, you'll never understand what it means. It's interesting that Jesus used parables to help us to go from the natural into the spiritual, but also for him to express the spiritual into the natural and those that don't have a heart to see in the spirit, they never get the understanding of what Jesus is saying. One way it's revealed and another way it's concealed. Only God could do that. Right on. Only God can do that. Right on. I want to encourage you not to be frustrated when you don't understand Scripture, but to press into it. To make that the point of conversation that you have with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And press in and ask for understanding. See if they'll reveal. Is this symbolic or is this literal? Help me understand what's going on here. And, and see what kind of conversation gets created from that. Because a lot of times the Lord will, will give us just enough that we will have our, our curiosity kind of pricked and it will result in us wanting to get closer to understand what is it that he meant. And that's what it's, what it's designed for. It's got to be the feminine nature of God. You know, the, the beautiful woman that wants you to just get a glimpse of her beauty so that you will pursue her. Nobody knows what I'm talking about here. Wow. You're all out to lunch. Come on, come on. There. <laughs> oh, Jesus, we need a fresh revelation <laughs> of your beauty. Yeah. And so there, there's something there that's revealed in the moment that kind of sets something in us that says, I got to know more. I want to experience more. I want to get closer and closer. And so <laughs> he's reading the prophet Isaiah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. How can I understand? unless someone explains it to me. That is a cry of the world for you. That is a cry for someone to represent God in the earth that can explain to the one who this is still incomprehensible. They're drawn, but they don't understand. They need someone to explain it to them. Beginning the first Wednesday of September, we're going to start a class called Translating God. And it's to help us to explain God to others. His heart, what he's saying, what his voice, how his, his love intersects their path. We have a whole plethora of people that need someone to explain some things to them. The harvest is truly ripe. The fields are white. We need harvest workers. 
We need laborers. We need people who are willing to say, Lord, here my, send me. I will go. You tell me to get near the chariot, I'll, I'll go get and listen in. And, and then when the person says, how can I? I don't have anyone to explain it to me. Lord, I'll be there to explain whatever you're doing in the moment. And most of the time, what is God doing in the moment? He's revealing his love for someone who doesn't know his love. He's revealing his great, almighty, <laughs> unfathomable knowledge and love for every human being on the planet. And so he may give you some supernatural information, some revelation about them, just so that they'll know that God notices and knows them and knows their name and knows what they're in, what, what the circumstances they're going through. Wow. That is a supernatural, supernatural God. Lord, Just amazing. <sighs> he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before the shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? Jesus really died. He didn't swoon. He just didn't lose consciousness for a couple days. He literally died. And on the third day, he was raised. Amen. Tell me, please, who's the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? That's what I call throwing a nice slow pitch in. And as we get into the marketplace, you're going to find that the Holy Spirit will, will for some of us, will be at T-ball level, and he'll put the, put the baseball on the tee and allow us to take a swing and really go. Who is the prophet talking about? I remember one time, I was just a good little free Methodist pastor in my office, and... Uh, Next thing I know, the secretary came and said, there's, there's a guy here that wants to talk to a pastor. So I said, yeah, come in. He and his, and his girlfriend came in. And in like 15 minutes, they became born again. I called it, when you put your boat in the lake and the fish jump in your boat. Yeah. You know, it's one of those experiences. It wasn't that I was out there casting and working and fishing and just being patient, waiting for a fish to finally bite. No, they actually just jumped in. He had a dream. He wanted to know how he becomes a Christian. How, how do I get saved? Now, that, that's a slow pitch, folks. That's T-ball level. But it's the, same, it's the same cry almost in every human heart. How do I know that I have value, worth, how do I know that God loves me? How do I know that God even cares about me? And when they throw the slow pitch in, ah, Philip began with Isaiah and told him the good news about Jesus. Praise the Lord. All roads lead to Jesus. Amen. So I don't know about you, this afternoon we got our food distribution. Let's let every road lead to Jesus. Let's look for opportunities. Let's get our ears attuned and the Holy Spirit. And if an angel gives you directions, as your pastor, 
I know some of you would never listen to an angel without your pastor's permission. I give you permission to obey an angelic voice, the angel of the Lord or the Holy Spirit or God the Father or Jesus, if he shows up and appears to you, listen and do what they say. Here's the whole dynamic. If you want to move in greater revelation, you have to be faithful and obedient with the revelation that you received at whatever level you're at now. And so you need to move on. You need to move in that level. And if, if, if the last recollection of the voice of the Lord that you can remember is that you did not obey what he said to do, it's time to just ask him to forgive and say, Lord, I'm ready. And if it's something that I've had, I have had some of these occurrences where, you know, this happened and it was, it's been six months ago. But it's still not off the table. And so you go in obedience and go back and do what the Lord told you to do six months ago and do it as a sign of true repentance. Sometimes you can't do that because what he says is something that has to be done right then. And for you to miss it, you, you've missed the opportunity. He's already worked other plan B or whatever it's going on with that situation. And so you just ask for forgiveness and just say, Lord, forgive me. Give me ears to hear. Give me eyes to see. Give me a heart to perceive. And Lord, next time you speak, I want to do. I want to obey. Give me the boldness of the Holy Spirit so that I can do what you reveal that I need to do. Anybody going to want to raise your hand and say, yeah, that, I, I'll sign up for that one. Anybody want to sign up for that one? Lord, next time you speak, I'll do what you want me to do. Everybody? Okay. It's on record. Last time I did that, I was in my car. Just spoke kind of short with a gas station attendant. And the Lord said, okay, you serious? And I said, yes, I'm serious. And he said, okay, then turn the car around and go back and apologize. Hello. <laughs> Somebody said hello. I was like, are you kidding me? It's a long story. I won't, won't bore you with it right now. But I did it. I eventually, in a roundabout way, got there and asked for forgiveness for, for the abrupt way. The poor lady didn't have a clue about repentance. She probably, no one's probably ever apologized to her in her entire life, didn't know what to do with it. And she just looked at me like, are you on drugs? <laughs> you know, something wrong with you? And... Uh, If we're going to do it, if we're going to be careful to obey everything that Jesus has taught us, everything that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, or the angel of the Lord speaks to us, you see the parameters are getting wider. He will be speaking to us this week. He'll be speaking to us today. There's going to be opportunities to walk in step with the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us. So, Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the day, <laughs> August 20th, 2017, 
What a wonderful, 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 wonderful day. To know you, (laughs) to be a part of you, to be your bride. Oh, the longing and the passion that we have for you, our bridegroom. We're looking so forward to being with you forever and ever. Father, as sons and daughters, we delight in you. We're so thankful that we've got a good God that loves as a father, loves his kids. We thank you that you're a good father who loves deeply and profoundly each one of your children. Now I pray, Holy Spirit, as, as you come and inhabit this body, each of our individual bodies as temples of your inhabitation, we pray that you would release a passion for all of fathers, sons, and daughters who have yet been birthed into the kingdom. Pray, Father, that you would give us a passion for those that do not know you, a passion for those whose walk has been hindered, a passion for those who are in bondage and captivity or blocked from the full wondrous reality of your love and your goodness. I pray for those that are under the deception of the evil one that makes good news bad news, that are more fearful about judgment than they are eternity with you. And so, Lord, let fear be completely cast out as your love inhabits this place in our hearts, that we would know you and love you, that we continue to pursue you and love you forever and ever. Such joy. We pray for encounters. We pray, Father, that we would be people that would naturally live supernatural lives. Hmm. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.